you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Dave Damaschek. The mission to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. Hello, football fans. Your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek here. Wow, love to hear that music. That's that's old school. That's the old Super Friends, or or it's uh, actually my theme song. But uh, I believe that's Ted Knight, the late great Ted Knight, uh, with some of the uh, with some of the VO work. Thanks to uh, Ted Knight for laying down that track from uh, Beyond the Grave. Welcome to episode seven of the Dave Damashek Football Program, available on iTunes and beyond. Appreciate it if you subscribe and so on and so forth. And uh, let me bring in here because we have it's another show chock full we're loaded for bear what's going to happen when actual football is taking place the mind reels at the possibilities here he is from nfl.com my old pal adam rank what's going down rank dave thanks for having me sure oh, and thing it's, and it's so great to mention ted knight i was on the lcs hockey show uh two weeks ago talking about ultimate 80s movies mm-hmm. my ultimate 80s movie was caddyshack one of the hosts larry did not have Caddyshack on his list of top 11 all-time great comedies from the 80s. That seems just about impossible to not have that in the top 11 comedies from the 80s. Although the 80s was loaded, uh, talk about loaded for bear, loaded for bear with uh, great comedies. That was Eddie Murphy's heyday. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, maybe we'll get to it. Maybe we won't, Rank. I don't know if it's we all have much. time to talk about that yes. stuff because there's a lot of football and beyond to kibitz about. Let's start with, as we do each week, Number seven, who wore it best in the NFL and in the world of sports? It's a great number. You had, uh, of course, uh, I think it's, you know, Mickey Mantle. Mm -hmm. Not just a great number, not just a great player, but also one of the great names in sports history. Mickey Mantle Mantle. is a wonderful name. You had John Elway. You had Espo, Phil Esposito of of the Boston Bruins, uh, Mm -hmm. who hoisted the first two cups in, well, not the first two, but the uh, hoisted cups for the uh, for those Bruins back in the seventies. Michael Vick, and uh, and then there's Ben Roethlisberger. So I think that's the that's the wise choice. I think we have to make uh, episode seven Ben Roethlisberger. I think he wore it best. In, <laughs> yeah, he wore it best nah, in not sports quite. history. No, 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 no. not not even close. Three Super not Bowl even. appearances in seven seasons. He's well on his way. Better though. than Elway? No. Not Here's yet. a real question though: If you do the all, if you're doing the all time number seven, is it Mantle or is it Elway? Ah, uh, Mantle, right? Isn't it, so. isn't it Mickey Mantle over John Elway? You know, he's a guy. When, when you talk about the importance of the ring, everybody says, "Oh, you know, Dan Marino. You, you can't possibly shame the devil if you ever considered him the greatest QB of all time." He doesn't wear a ring on his finger, and I do agree with that largely. But let's keep in mind that with John Elway, history would regard him very differently if it were not for Terrell Davis. 
Absolutely. You know, and, uh, and you know, I, I as we've talked about before, there was the AFC title game in Three River Stadium back in, what was that, 1999, 2000, before they went on to beat the Packers. Boy, mm-hmm. if Cordell Stewart didn't stink it up in the second half, the Steelers probably go to that Super Bowl. Maybe Elway just never even gets his ring. And mm-hmm. then the following season, if Gary Anderson can make a kick, then they get the Vikings, the 15-1 and Vikings, who maybe go in there and, uh, and uh, whip them too. And by the way, if that had happened, how would we regard what if the what if Elway and company had gotten that first ring against the Packers, but then got slayed by Randall Cunningham? Would John Elway then be held in such high esteem? I think so. I, I still think I think that everybody wanted to make the the uh, the argument that Elway was the best. That ring kind of gave him validation to put it as a slam dunk to most people. I'm not sure I feel that way, but I think. Like history was going to be pretty kind to Elway, regardless. I guess so, but let's keep in mind that in uh, on the biggest stage in the Super Bowl, I think he was. Did he play in five Super Bowls? Why can't I keep this straight in my head? I think he played in five he Super lost Bowls to the Giants. He got smoked in th- in his first three. Got really embarrassed by the 49ers in the Superdome, and then uh, and then he, in those latter two, it was the Terrell Davis show more than it was John Elway's, mm-hmm. and I, so I think he's basically sort of zero for five in Super Bowls in terms of quality games. I don't think he's had he even had one really good Super Bowl appearance. He was good against the he was good the two that he won. He was good. He was fine against the Packers. He, he was, wasn't great he was, against the but, Packers. But those early Broncos, and then those that Falcons team was a joke. Hey, but before we go on, two. before we go on, let's bring in uh, our pal uh, producer Necktie Milner. What's going down, Necktie? What's up, Dave? How are you? I'm doing great. I don't know if you heard what we were talking about here. I was paying attention, and you know, if the Vikings had had beaten uh, John Elway in that second. Broncos Super Bowl, would Randall Cunningham be on the greatest seven of all time? No, list he here? wouldn't. Oh. oh, the greatest number seven. The greatest I thought you were going to say the greatest quarterback. No, no, no. Time. The number seven He's, list. I don't know him by Randall Cunningham. I like to refer to him as Eagles QB from the Super Tech Mobile game. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and yeah, he wasn't number seven for the majority of his career. So to, to answer your I'm question, no. Um, but I will say this: number seven, the number to, to wear that for any athlete in any of the four major sports, that is the best number you can possibly wear. I don't think you can trump that. I love the repeated number. I like a thirty-three. Of course, I like sixty-six uh, for uh, for Mario Lemieux. But that should be retired, not just in the NHL, but for all the sports. No player <laughs> all should sports, ever be. Huh? No player should ever be allowed to wear sixty. Six again. That's that's the meaning that he has exactly. for his sport. That's right. That is right. That is right. Big, right. Big, that is crossover. right. That's right. You want you want some? No, we're not going to do it. Take it. No. Ow! Listen, I. What the? I didn't I say, even mention Wayne Gretzky. As I yet. say on the shame report. I you know I didn't do this to you. You did this to you. <laughs> Speaking of the shame report, yeah. there's a new one up uh, right now on NFL.com. Please go check it out. An off-season edition. I felt obliged to call it an emergency edition. I know we're in the middle of summertime and, and everything, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. there were some issues I had to get off my chest. So uh, check that out. As, it's a doozy. Uh, as uh, yeah, it's a as doozy. tens of thousands already have. Um, so all right, number seven. But oh, but to finish my point, number seven. You can't beat that. You know, if you if, if you're a football player. If you're a QB 
and you wear number seven, it just doesn't get cooler. The single digit looks right on the jersey. You know, just look at the number seven. It looks like an arrow pointed skyward. That's where we're going, fellas. That's where I'm taking you, to the stars. You see the seven? It's like an arrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's cool looking. But so ma- you're a gunslinging QB, a bo- you know, Mickey Mantle and so on, just a baseball player. It's good. You know, all those Yankee numbers are all those single digits that are retired. That looks right. And, uh, and then basketball, I'm surprised there aren't that many great number sevens. Nate Archibald, Tiny Pistol Archibald, Pete. Pistol Pete Ward for a little while. Here's the the thing with LeBron we were talking about, I don't know, it was last week or two weeks ago. You picked six, you took Julius Irving's number. Why not? You could have been seven. Yeah. That cool. would have been a great number. I don't get it. Lucky seven, you know? It's such a cool number. And, the, and and then, to me, the coolest way to go, and I don't know why no one in the NHL does this, if you're a, if you're a high-scoring winger, you know, a sniper with that number seven on your back, mm-hmm. they all wear double digits, all the wingers, but you're allowed to wear that. Joe Thornton of the Sharks wears number six out there. Or no, he used to. He wore that for the Bruins. Now he wears 19. A weird yeah. choice to do that. Yeah. Same thing as Kobe. Kobe's was the craziest one. That was pure marketing, obviously. You right. know, it's not cynicism it, th- to say that you go from cool number eight, how great that looked on you to finish your career, own that number, and you switch to twenty four. What do I yeah. oh, get the business behind that? Well, obviously, like I say, it was about money. But, but seven but, is a great hockey number. Thomas Sandstrom for the Kings, very nice rank. Who knew a SoCal fella like you can reference an old school Thomas Sandstrom? Oh, of course you know that because uh, because that's when all the pretend SoCal hockey fans joined <laughs> in when. When the when the so-called great Gretzky came down from uh, from Edmonton to to teach you about the game, and there were fans. Don't worry. All right, that's it used fine. to be great. You used to go to the forum. Uh, you would wait through the first period. And obviously, this is pre-Gretzky. Uh, you would wait through the first period, and if you had your high school ID, you would go up and pay five dollars, and then you walked in and you sat. Wherever you wanted. Terrific. Well, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. When Gretzky came down, they felt they had to overhaul the image of the of the organization, the uh, the Kings organization, and so they went to the black and silver uniforms. What? I didn't like it. I like the old school. Yeah, I think that at least part of the time, I think they've started working those in. But the purple, the purple sweaters and the gold sweaters, those those are dynamite. They really should go back to those a, a little bit more often than they already do. All right, listen, we're getting smell. You know what, though? Speaking about uniforms, this is a perfect time to do this. Yes. Milner, by the way, yes. before I get into some stuff here, before yes. me and Rank uh, put our heads together, before the uh, the adults start talking, yeah. listen, <laughs> this is, we're now into episode seven. Uh-huh. How about a guest? Can we get a guest in here? The, the, the halls, you want a guest? The halls runneth over. With 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 people walking. I mean, Warren Sapp walks the hallways, you yeah. know, the, the, the Hall of Famers. The place is overflowing with them. And yet we've had nary a guest. What you want a guest? I'd like a guest. That'd be a terrific thing to have that to have a guest. I thought I'd book Adam Rank every week for you. And that, that's not satisfying enough. I, you know what I'm guy. not interested in? I'll tell you what I'm not interested. Maybe you're confused here, uh, Milner. I'm not interested in sass. I'm not interested in being sassed by you. That's not what I want. What I want is a guest. All right. All right? You understand? Let me break out, let me break out my, my Rolodex here. All right. Please do. Listen, so that's, that's, more, that's more smart Alex stuff out of it. Out of, uh, <laughs> I got the moment. blaster for nothing, and he... not. He'd... All right. Listen, how about this? I'm going to decree it here and now. If there's not a guest within these four walls by show's end... Necktie Milner will be next to feel the sting of the blast. I don't want to. And solo edition blaster coming at you. You're shooting first, though, right? Coming at you. 
That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, good for I, you. I Very nice. It hurts. I like. I see. This is why I like rank because rank can make. That's why I book him. A semi, That's why I book him every week. A semi-obscure movie <laughs> reference. Although I don't know how semi. You know, Greedo and Han Solo in the Cantina. Right? The movie's not obscure. The the reference. Some people don't get that one. But all right. So um. So the shame reports up there for your perusal, and uh, and so is something from our pals over at uh, BindleDog.com, the uh, the uh, ingenious uh, animators up there in Chicago, up in the Windy City, created something. I'm not, I don't want to say too much, but uh, be on the lookout on NFL.com. I'll hip you to it. Follow me on, on uh, the Twitter, Damashek, at Damashek, D-A-M-E-S-H-E-K, and soon I will give you the gift uh, that was created by uh, those fellows up there in, uh, like I say, at BindleDog. From a little something that came out of the podcast. That's all I'll say about it. But but necktie, you've seen it. No, Even you, the cynic. It's gangbusters. Cynic. <laughs> you're the listen. I got to tell you, you're an emotional anchor because we're because <laughs> I'm look okay. at me. Imagine on my chest. It's yeah. not physically there, but you should. When you look at me, you should see that number seven on my chest. You told me not to ever look at you, Dave. <laughs> not in the eyes, but yeah, as long as you keep. Yeah, I don't want you to ever make eye contact with me. But so if your eyes hit me mid chest, okay. just imagine I got that number seven. I'm ready to take us to the stars. You see? Now I want to stop being the anchor and holding us down. Me and Rank are ready to do it, right? Yes, sir. If you're a college football player, would seven be seven. The, the first number? Like regard like, wide receiver? Yeah, because you can anything. wear any number. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I mean, like there's. I always like it when defensive ends in in uh, college oh, yeah, football. Oh yeah, great. I remember uh, an old Pitt football player around uh, 1980, Al Wayne Lukowski, uh, wore number six. That's okay. That's a great number. It's a great number. That's well. I really like that. All right, so. Um, speaking of jerseys and uh, and uniforms and such, real quick, Rank, I loved your uh, I loved your pick six um, this Thank week. You. It's something that we well, it's something we started talking we about did, yeah, last was... week, and something that uh, that I'm fond of doing, which is uh, instructing people, helping people along, especially in these uh, economically difficult times. If you are a fan of a team, you want to get a jersey of them, but you know you can't you can't just make a mistake and say, oh, that, I shouldn't have gotten that jersey. I thought that QB would be playing for a lot longer, but then he got pulled after week two. Mm-hmm. I have to just go buy the other guy's. You can't do it. You know right. what? You know what? Are you money back, Mister Moneybag? <laughs> No, you gotta. You can only afford one, perhaps. Now, top shelf Milner can afford all these jerseys because he's a corporate suit from New York. Yeah, he can do. Oh, he's got a whole litany of of Forty ers jerseys. Commissioner Goodell, can you get me a, a signed Joe Montana jersey? Home and away. You know that's what he does. Didn't know I sounded like Shaggy from Scooby Doo. <laughs> that's right. So regular folk like me in uh, rank, we have to we have to pay our way, and uh, so you only buy one jersey. So we started talking about. Uh, Rank's beloved uh, boyhood team, the L.A. Rams, who Rank now calls uh, St. Louis FC. He chooses not to even acknowledge that they are associated <laughs> with the uh, former Los Angeles Rams. So you posed the question, and uh, and we'll tackle this. I think we're going to do all 32 teams. It's only It only makes sense right. to do it. And this was the one I, I raced out and did it on my own. And I know I'm kind of—obviously, the, the idea was born here in the podcast— but I felt this was one I was uh, directly involved in and felt that I was confident enough to make my decisions. But in the future, I think it would be good to so what you're saying, but so, so what you're saying is you, you, you stole my bit, right? I did, yeah. Ow! God. Well, you know what? Again, I didn't do it to you. <laughs> And I and yes, I did fire first that time too. So all right, you put your rank. Listing. You're bleeding on the floor. <laughs> all right, rank. So go ahead. Wipe that up. 
You had your pick six up there on NFL.com talking about the, the one Rams jersey mm-hmm. that would be the best to own What if from, from one player in history. And before you get going, let me just say this to you. You on on the on in your uh, as a part of your pick six, you had images attached to it. Yes, and sir. one thing's for certain: the Rams used to wear the white and blue, and then they mm-hmm. went to the to the blue and gold. Either way, what a what a handsome jersey! It's what, the best. Yes, it's very striking. It's very handsome. I don't, it, it proves that you don't need it with the blue and gold one. When you see, you don't need to put the white trim in there. It just no. looks great. It just it's it's really nice. They should go back to it instead of that metallic Notre Dame gold that they use now. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, they should go back to, well, I mean, that's not a team you even recognize. That, that's, but, that's good. I'm glad that they did that for us. Yes, it distinguishes them. It separates yeah. them. It creates a different era. So, all right, go ahead. What do you think is the best one to own? Well, I kind of counted down, obviously, the worst. There's so many great ones because the Rams have a great history. Uh, Merlin Olsen, Jerome Bettis. I like Carl Eckerns, number 55. I thought that's that nice. looked really good. Our, foul, uh, our pal, Mike Dell said I missed Elroy Hirsch. I thought of him too. Yeah, but that's too old school. Too it doesn't old work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I did count it down. Isaac Bruce was considered. He was the last L.A. Ram who was still playing. Is he that went, right? I didn't realize yeah, he was an L.A. Ram. Except he went and finished his career with the 49ers, so he's out. Mm. That's just inexcusable. Well, that's you who I was going to bring up to us 49er fans as well. I did not. Yeah, I'm yeah, happy yeah. To see exactly. That. Yeah. Yes. I was going to bring up uh, number sixty-four, Hacksaw Reynolds, and I was wondering about that as a as a diehard. Yeah, you can't yeah, yeah. you can't, can't do that No. because he went on to of get a ring. Teams, with, go play uh, for the Cowboys too. Why not? Let's make it a perfect circle. All right, all right. I, 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 it's kind of cool though. Hacksaw Reynolds and uh, with the Fu Manchu one. mustache and all that. Otherwise, jazz. it would have been great. Yeah. All right, continue. There's some good ones. Uh, Nolan Cromwell, which I thought was a good one. Underrated safety. In I the love 80s. Nolan Cromwell. He used to be. Anytime his name was mentioned for about a five-year period, you had to then follow that up with the best athlete in the NFL. Remember yeah. that when that was going on, you had to say, "Well, he's just the best." Uh, he, you know, he played. What did he play? Quarterback Col- at Kansas. Is that what it was? Yes. You always had to say that. His most famous moment was uh, he um, scored in the Super Bowl year back in '79. Uh, he uh, instead of kicking the field goal, he decided instead to uh, pick the snap up and mm-hmm. just and run it into the end zone in an overtime game. And yeah. they went nine and seven. So they needed every one of those wins. Yes, that's a great one. Yeah, I that's like great. Cromwell is very high on my list. I think he would uh, come very close to winning. He'd be great. There's actually I never saw this happen, but there was a rumor that the Rams wanted to get Eric Dickerson into the into the mix, catching the ball out of the backfield, and that Cromwell lit him up, and they said, "Okay, that's that's the end of that." No more Dickerson catching the ball out of the backfield. I don't know if that's true or not. That was kind of an urban legend that was going around Anaheim those days. So he's a great one. Uh, Vince Ferragamo is another guy I considered. I love Ferragamo. Listen, fact remains, he's the one QB to to get uh, the L.A. Rams to a Super Bowl. Absolutely. Although that was really, they were Anaheim at that point. But yes. No, no, no. They they were L.A.? Yeah. No, weren't they playing in Anaheim that 79 season? They started in 80. Oh, okay. I get confused with that. And uh, Ferragamo, oh, let him do the Super Bowl. The following year, they said, oh, Pat Hayden's our quarterback again. And then they chased him off to the Canadian Yeah, League. then he went to the Montreal Alouettes. Alouettes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, It was yeah. never the same. Yeah. Uh, Ferragamo, I've had the pleasure of speaking with him. Swell fella, by yeah. the way. Um, I go, uh, let me tell you one. Let me, at, let me give you a, oh, go ahead, please. Oh, please. I was going to say Eric Dickerson uh, would probably normally rank pretty high, but he's been pretty critical of L.A. fans saying, oh, they don't deserve an NFL team. So he's lucky he even made it to four. 
Uh, Fred Dreyer, 89. I loved Fred cool Dreyer. Cool 89, yeah. I don't know. And you know what? A defensive end wearing 89 is always good. And I don't know. It was it was weird, too, because my dad was a huge Fred Dreyer fan, which was weird because he wasn't a Rams fan. He was a Bears fan, but he loved Fred Dreyer. And then later on, my mom grew to love Fred Dreyer because she loved the show Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I grew to be a fan of it because I love Stephanie Wilder or whatever her name Stephanie was. Stephanie Kramer. Kramer, yes, yes. Oh, great show. Hunter. Um, he was the original. He was going to originally be cast as Sam Malone. No way. Yes. Oh, and that so, would have been woeful. That would have been worse than uh, Rocky Bly. Uh, Rocky, Rocky Blyer. <laughs> I'm calling Sly Stallone Rocky Blyer. Anyway. But he did eventually have roles on Cheers as a yeah, that's as a, right. as a sportscaster. So he did get so he did get on the show. Deacon Jones was my number two guy. And no, nah, I don't like that one. You don't like it. I, I listen. I, I there's something about it that aesthetically, unless you're a big fellow, well, you're you're pretty hefty. You're, in fact, I wanted <laughs> to talk. To you. I wanted Husky. to talk to you about that. A man of your carriage can pull off a 75, but uh, <laughs> but slim folk like uh, neckties. Me, it doesn't oh. look right when you're walking around in a 75. Kind of more of a like single it. digit guy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But listen, I wanted to talk to you about a uh, little something. I, you know, maybe this is. <laughs> Not the right time, but while, while I'm thinking about it, um, Necktie and I were talking, mm-hmm. Adam, and um, if you don't stop shoving food into your gullet the way you are, at the rate you are, you are going to eat yourself to death. <laughs> we're worried, Adam. Do you think it's we're the worried. food that's doing it? <laughs> I don't know that in the uh, sedentary lifestyle. I don't know. <laughs> Some combination. All right, listen, continue. Is um, that it? Are you done no, no, yet? Number, the, the, the number one guy, Jack Youngblood. But I, with the caveat, you got to have the nameplate that Jack. says the full Jack Youngblood. Nice. I agree with that. Yeah, I have to go back and forth on that. It is, it is a lot to drink in visually, but I like it. Jack Youngblood. It's a mm-hmm. great name, so on and so forth. All right. I'll sign off on that. Let me throw a couple at you, though, real okay. quick. I go. I agree with 21 Cromwell. I like that very much. How about this one? 26 Wendell Tyler. Ooh. Had the longest run of the season against the Steel Curtain defense in 1979 in the uh, Super Bowl, in right. Super Bowl fourteen. He snapped one off, and that was when all of a sudden it became scary. Wow. Yeah. This Rams team uh, might actually come in Pretty here and, and win the game. Then the only man to throw a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl for the L.A. Rams, Lawrence McCutcheon, number yes. 30. History has forgotten this guy, but all through the 70s, he went to Pro Bowls. Unbelievable. People, I mean, this is indicative of the national view of the L.A. Rams. People just completely forget that it, it is interesting that, you know, everybody remembers, obviously, when Cleveland and when it went to Baltimore and all the, the moving around of teams, everything. It barely made a ripple on the national scene when the when the Rams left L.A. to go to St. Louis. Yep. But uh, but yeah, Lawrence McCutcheon sort of I mean, uh, personifies that. Nobody I don't think history re- remembers him positively or negatively. But, of course, he threw the uh, halfback option pass to who was it? Ron. It wasn't Ron Brown. Who was Ron Smith? Yeah, is who it was in, uh, uh, in great, Super Bowl 14. A great story about McCutcheon that uh, I've never told anybody because it seems way too unbelievable to anybody. But we were uh, my buddy and I, we were playing uh, golf. Fountain Valley, the uh, Mile Square Golf Course, Players Course. We are on the 10th tee, just the two of us. Some guy comes up, you know, and he's by himself. And we're like, hey, you know, do you want to play through? 
And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, do you mind if I play with you guys? We're like, okay. Now, my friend and I had been sitting there, and we're talking about the Rams for whatever reason. We're talking about Vince Ferragamo, how terrible that interception was, and just going on and on. Well, the interception uh, that you're talking about is in the fourth quarter of Super, Super Bowl 14. 14. The score at that point was, what, 24-19 Steelers? Yes. John Stallworth had caught, John, the, yeah, had, had, had caught uh, the Bradshaw bomb. The Rams were driving t- to a uh, go-ahead score. A possible go-ahead score. I With mean, what? It, like five minutes left, yeah, six minutes left, something there. like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. They re- they actually were going down the field very methodically. Yes. And how painful it was. And Jack and Lambert is, stepped in yes. front of it. Yeah. John Stallworth. I mean, uh, John, Vince Ferragamo was watching a receiver on a crossing route, much mm-hmm. like he threw to Billy Waddy in, in uh, Texas Stadium to beat the Cowboys <laughs> a few weeks prior. But, uh, but uh, don't confuse Doomsday Defense with the Steel Curtain no. because Jack Lambert was waiting for it right in the middle of the field. And Vince Ferragamo never saw him. And he, and he uh, threw it right to Jack Splat, who picked it off and sealed the fourth crown in the Steelers' uh, proud history. Yeah, so we were talking about. You were sad about that. I was sad. You didn't like that. We're sad. And we were, you know, we were talking about it, about how bad it was when this gentleman pulled up and off and wanted to play with us. It was Lawrence McCutcheon. Ah. I looked at his golf tag and I'm like, how is this? First of all, it's weird that you would run into a guy like, but right when we were talking about the Rams and that Super Bowl, and I think I had even mentioned Lawrence McCutcheon, the only player in Rams history to throw a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. It's like. He was listening to us and goes, I got to go join these guys. It was fate. It must have been. That's pretty good. So, so you played around the golf we with Lawrence McCutcheon? We played the last nine, yeah. Did he know how to he's, play? Oh, he's a good golfer. Is he, you know, Here's professional athletes should be good at sports, and I, I, at all sports, and that's why it's stunning. What is the thing with John Wall? We just saw him throw out that first pitch a couple of days ago. I'm sure you've seen the clips of it. You know, at mm-hmm. a, I guess it was a, a Nats game. I'm guessing if it was in— if, It had to be, right? Probably, since he's uh, with, with uh, the Wiz— Nay, bullets. It should be the bullets. The bullets. Who? Who? Let me just say, mm. who? What? 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 Youth. What troubled youth who involves himself <laughs> in gunplay is pushed over the edge by the name bullets. Well, I don't know if I want to get involved in in getting a Glock and shooting at people. I, well, but West then again, got that my local shit. my local NBA team validates <laughs> gunplay because their name is Bullets. You know what? I'm going to do it. You know, well, what? it's, it's ironic that now that they're the Wizards and Gilbert Arenas and all that shenanigans that they dealt with last year with guns in the locker room, or now that they're the Wizards, not the Bullets. It's so true, isn't that right? See, I think you validate my point. If I they think, wanted to not, make, uh, yes. I'm pretty sure. Yes. yes. If they wanted to make that name less violent, they should have dropped the Washington. Oh, oh. <laughs> you're better than that. All right, listen. So let me give you <laughs> our nation's capital. I'm really not. Let me give you my number one. Let me give you my number one. I, I, uh, if you go around with the 30 McCutcheon, the 26 Wendell Tyler, I like uh, a lot of your choices. Jack Youngblood is hard to beat. But my number one. Wait, wait, real quick, a couple that you won't like, Rank. Yeah. Sam Bradford, number eight, is kind of cool. I've said the, the single digit. I think that's kind of neat, and it's 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 a hopeful, it's an optimistic jersey to go out and get yourself, and he's not going anywhere what for a little while. What a great choice for him when he couldn't get 14. Eight's a great number. It's nice. And, uh, and, and the other one, we talked about him the other day, a guy who's a little undervalued. Steven Jackson, a little underappreciated. That number 39, he's a, he's a workhorse. In, in an era of the two-back system, Steven Jackson is about as pure a workhorse as there is, and he's a little under the radar because his teams have generally stunk it up pretty good. But that's not a bad one, and I understand that you, you frown on those. But my number one all-time L.A. Rams jersey in the proud history 
Number three, Frank Corral. That's right. He kicked him into the Super Bowl. His three. Three. Hold on, Dylan. I'll get this one. What? I just love it. I just I, I just think it's a nice number to be walking around in. The three the looks kicker. good. <laughs> Why are you wearing the kicker? Who punted in this game, too? I... Well, listen, he, <laughs> he booted them into the Super Bowl. Their one and only Super Bowl is the that L.A. Rams. Counts. I like that. The three. The Corral. That's good. Oh. That looked good on you, too, because remember, Frank Corral had that big pot belly. <laughs> Oh, that would oh, yeah, that, oh, that, dare you? Beardsy, uh, the, the worst, the worst title oh. game ever. Nine nothing in Tampa Bay. You're too too young to remember that one necktie, but that was a miserable game. That's a great game. Nine to zero was the final what score a, of that what one. What a game! Frank Corral kicks three field goals to put him into the Super Bowl. So uh, and I and uh, meantime I was uh, watching earlier that day. I was at the uh, the actually I think that was an era when they used to play. This Saturday and Sunday, maybe not, but I remember watching that game. But I, I had attended the AFC title game uh, the same day or the you know before the day. Who the Steelers after. beat that year? Houston, Houston Oilers. Yeah, Bum Phillips and company. That's what the 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 uh, was that the Renfro game? The overrated uh, Renfro controversy. That wouldn't have been a touchdown. They wouldn't have reversed that call if they had instant replay. All right, so listen. So oh, there yeah. you go. I go Frank Corral, but I, I replay in the Steelers' favor. <laughs> I'm cool. I'm cool with Jack Youngblood and Lawrence McCutcheon, but I don't know the three. Because you know why? Because the L.A. Rams don't exist anymore, so I can take shots at them by making Frank Corral the best jersey you can, dare you. You can wear. All right, so I want to talk about these tweets that have been out there this week. And uh, as we like to do, we bring Handsome Hank in because he's got the elegant British uh, voice. He he's, he's from across the pond. But now he's departed to go back across the mm-hmm. pond for a little vacation or holiday, as they call it over there. On he's, his own accord, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. Maybe, I, I maybe Commissioner Goodell. He's like, Commissioner, I would like you to pay for a flight for me, <laughs> and next time Milner would like another jersey of the of, from the London Monarchs. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I'd he wasn't deported. You'd like a. You'd I'd like love a to get a free jersey. NFL I don't know these Europe free jerseys jersey. You're talking about anyway. Sure. So handsome Hank usually reads the tweets for us, but he already left. But before he did yesterday. Necktie Milner, you did a little actual producing by bringing him in. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. Thanks, Dave. And, um, and, and so you got him to read the tweets. We do this because sometimes these tweets of NFL players, they sound they sound ridiculous. You know, they, 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 you know, they don't come off very well. But to frame them in the best possible light, the elegant tones of handsome <laughs> Hank and his English voice, but, you know, frames them as best they can possibly be 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 read. So you had him laid down these tracks, right? Yeah, and uh, this is this is what they uh, they well. Sound. So the the controversy all week, or whatever it is, controversy. The uh, a topic this week has been that OCU Manura and Shady McCoy yeah. have been trading uh, barbs, yeah. you know, back and forth. First, Shady McCoy fired the shot, uh, calling OC the third best uh, defensive lineman on those Giants. Let's hear Shady McCoy's. <laughs> So, uh, listen, fellas, uh, Handsome Hank joins us. Handsome, oh, Handsome Hank, look at him stride in here. He's like a debonair Peter Lawford. I get lost in his eyes. Hey, hey, Hank, what's the poop? <laughs> what do you got for us today? Well, there's a, there's been a Twitter war between uh, LaShawn McCoy and O.C. Humanura last uh-huh. week. Um, McCoy uh, apparently wrote on Twitter uh, of Humanura, He's overrated and soft. Third best D-line on his team, honestly. Oh! And then Human Yura said back again, that little chihuahua or poodle in the backfield, he doesn't have to block me. If you have something to say, say it man to man. 
You can't be a Twitter gangster. That's easy to do, <laughs> trying to be a tough guy. Set to my face and we'll see what happens. <laughs> That's great. Uh, here's the thing, though. O.C. Yermanir, he's a champion. What has McCoy done? <laughs> Wait a second, Dave. There's one more. Kenny Britt's got himself in trouble on Twitter as well. Oh, yeah? Um, so he tweeted three times on Monday. The first one said, uh, I'm retiring for the NFL. <clears throat> you, Goodell. Can we, can we bleep that? Um, <laughs> then the second one, a few minutes later, said, change of heart. My family's always here for me. I made mistakes, and I'm sorry. I'm going to have to change and become a better person, a mentor for all my young fans. I'll accept any penalty like a man. The road begins September the 11th in Jacksonville. I'll be ready. And then, a few minutes after that, he said, Wait, my, my Facebook was hacked with those past two statuses. I'm not retiring. Do not have any hate towards the commissioner. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, handsome Hank, you lost me at retirement because I was lost in those baby blues of yours. And speaking of baby blues, the steely gaze of Adam Rank continues to captivate me like a young Paul Newman. Hey, Adam, hey, uh, how about a little talk on Don Hudson? I'm starting to come around. And some Los Angeles Rams. What do you say, fella? Wow, look who had some fun in the recording booth behind my back. Congratulations, fellas. Look, that wasn't it. you? I, no. I, I thought that was you when we were oh, recording look, that. Look, look how pleased each other. Oh, the, oh rank and necktie. Oh, basically high-fiving each other with yeah, their eyes. Yeah, how about a high-five? No, let's Man. not oh, high-five Leave me hanging. He's I'll, got the blast. That's exactly oh. where I was going. I was going for my hip. Oh, listen, I, I, I could take you down with a hand solo edition blaster, but I commend you. It was cute. It was a cute effort. So, uh... So, uh, how condescending. It was cute. <laughs> so terrible. You're like so un. That's worse than the blast. I would have rather have gotten shot. <laughs> well, your, your, your impression is not appreciated. Your impression of, uh, of Damashek is not appreciated. Um, so, no, listen. Uh, a very nice work. But, um, yeah, handsome Hank. Uh, by the way, can I just tell you, I really liked l- listen, hearing him, him say LeSean McCoy. That was, that was, the that was status. The yeah, status. status. I changed his status update. My, my status. Let me say this. And, by the way, necktie. Yeah? How are we doing on, the, on getting a guest for today? You want a guest uh, you right think now? I'm jiving you. Go into the hallway. You want a guest right you now? you can find anybody. I've been working on it. I mean, you know yeah, what? Yeah. Yeah, you've been sitting I'm here gonna listening go get a to us talk about oh, Rams jerseys. I'm going to go guess. get a guest. Good luck. What was he doing the whole time? Like He was <laughs> waiting the whole time to push play on Hank's tweets. All right. Thanks for nothing. Yeah, terrific. Terrific. How long did it take you to cook that bit up, necktie? When you could have been booking us a guest. All right, but I do want to say this about the, mm-hmm. about those tweets, the OC and uh, Shady tweets. The, the, the Kenny Britt one, well, what's to be said except that he's cuckoo, which is – which is status quo for, for <laughs> NFL wide receivers. What is it that is inherent about that position that requires lunacy? I, I mean, think I think one too many shots from James Harrison or something. I mean, I, I don't know what sense to make of that. I do like that it was a 20-minute window. <laughs> he drops the bomb and then 20, not, not the next day or anything, not the right. next week, but 20 minutes later, I meant none of it. What happened in that 20 minutes? That is that is what I would like to see. I would like to see that reality show. Those 20 minutes would be much better for me than Jersey Shore or <laughs> Real World or Survivor all combined. Whole seasons of those. I would just like to see the 20 minutes that went down for Kenny Britt after he fired that first shot at Commissioner Goddell, as he spelled it. Too. He doesn't know the commissioner's how to spell the commissioner. But he was day. hacked. 
Yeah, they was, was hacked. hacked. But How that's... is that possible? Like, you know what? Whoever that hacker was, very polite of him to go out and apologize 20 minutes later. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, normally a hacker would just keep piling on, but he's like, you know, I feel bad for Kenny Britt. He's an idiot. I'm going to go in and, and try to type a new status for it's him. Really, it's really schizophrenic. But let me say this to you. I know that I feel like it's rewriting history by by today's player or, or I'm sorry, uh, the players of yesterday when they say in my day, we <laughs> we would ne- we would we would save the trash talk for on the field. Really? What about really? Hollywood Henderson before Super Bowl 13 saying yeah. that uh, Bradshaw couldn't spell cat if we spotted him the C and the A? The exactly. Raiders talk trash. This is good for football. There's nothing bad. The hand wringing, the the puritanical up on Mount Pius kind of thing about like how oh, that's bad that oh, uh, shady and OCU manure. Hey, guess what? They're they're rivals. They're they're yeah. they're longtime NFC East rivals, and nothing is better for NFL football for the fans and beyond than for these guys for us to feel as fans as though there's some genuine bloodlust between they, these. Teams. They say that every week, like oh, these two teams don't like each other. Yes, exactly. That's what we want. I'd like to have an understanding of the cliche. No love lost. Yes. I don't understand exactly what. I mean, I understand the spirit behind it, but I don't understand literally what's meant by "there's no love lost." But I digress with that. But look who I found, Dave. Oh, necktie. Necti- oh, well, well, well. I got your guess. Look well, what the cat dragged well, in. Wow, look who what it is. This is a genuine guess, necktie Milner. Look who it is. The star of <laughs> NFL Network and the, NFL.com. The man who you see, Kibitz. Star, in, huh? Yeah, with that microphone in his hand talking the face. to everybody. That's the right. The face of NFL Network. The man who, along with Burt Breer, doing, uh, doing uh, gangbusters work out there covering this lockout jazz that we don't like to talk about it's, too much uh, here on the podcast. It's a little bit dense for a podcast it's i said jason Luck that's just my four. opinion looking for welcome to the What's going podcast. on man it's good to be in la la land you're our first you crazy cats hey, can thanks. i tell you something looking for it you're our first ever guest here on the dave damashek football program <laughs> Your podcast must suck then bro i'm sorry come on. but you're <laughs> the face of the I mean, network come on. hey i'm not the face of the network you can try to pump me up i guess because that kind of will make the podcast look better but dude I'm B-list. No, I mean, you're I'm the face B-list. of this lockout. You're the one who is championing <laughs> I thought the, that the was cause Jeff for us fans. And, and, uh, Jeffrey no, Kessler. for the fans. You're keeping us, you're keeping us in, the, uh, in the loop on this whole people thing. people even want to know? They just want to know when it's over, right? All right, luck and four. It's a thrill to have you here. Listen, I'm sure you're you're a dedicated listener to, uh, to the podcast here. And as you know, then, we try to position ourselves as really a show for the fan, by the fan, we're not we're not these uh, these, these people the, the sort of people who feel obliged to hide our allegiance to a team. Right. I proudly no, say, Pittsburgh guy, he's an LA guy. You're born and raised in Baltimore, yes, yes? sir. And Still reside there. Are, so, so what does that mean for you? Were you a Colts fan? Yes, I was a Colts fan. Uh, check out the eighty one, eighty two Colts. It's about as bad as it gets in NFL history. Oh yeah. Uh, so as they were uh, in steep decline and. Unbeknownst to us, ready to move to Indianapolis, um, the Air Coryell Chargers captured my young imagination. So, as the Colts moved out, I was already moving in um, on the Chargers. So, but I mean, it, just from a cultural standpoint, I mean, it, it still affects the city and a certain generation of Baltimoreans, as I affectionately call them, because I am <laughs> one. Uh, they'll never get over it. I mean, they'll never get over it. And like when Indianapolis played the, in the in the playoffs in Baltimore, like in two thousand and six, it was just like. 
I mean, it was all anybody talked about. And, I mean, I can remember doing stories for the Washington Post at the time, like, you know, getting famous Baltimoreans on the phone, and everybody was just like, you know, Barry Levinson and all these guys. They were just like, it was the worst day of my life when the Colts moved. I mean, it, it's it's a touchstone that will probably never die. And that image, I can remember being at the draft this year. I'm sorry, at the Combine in Indianapolis. It was kind of a hazy, snowy morning, and I'm walking to the Combine, and there's this huge Mayflower moving truck. <laughs> and I was like, no way. I was like, come on, I'm in Indianapolis. It's like I get it on both ends. They moved out of Baltimore. I mean, I remember moving <laughs> out of Owens Mills in the dead of night in the snow, and here I am, you know, whatever, 30 years later, 20 years later, and I'm, it's kind of snowy, and I'm walking directly into a Mayflower moving van in Indianapolis. I always say, I mean, so uh, so you are, are you in agreement then that it's sort of soulless unless the Ravens arrived when you were a nine year old kid, and then of course you can't, you know, you're not responsible for where your heart takes you as a as a lad. But isn't it wrong? philosophically to be rooting for the Baltimore Ravens, especially after they take the Cleveland Browns. Isn't it wrong to root for the Ravens? Cleveland got a real deal. I mean, Cleveland got the stadium. They kept their history. They knew within, what, months of them leaving that we're going to get the team and keep the team and finally get the stadium, and they were sick of Art Modell. And I'm not saying it's a good thing, but, dude, I don't think you can compare it to Baltimore, where you lost the history. You never knew if it was coming back. You got passed over for Jacksonville and Carolina in expansion. Uh, you know, and, and really, it got to a point where the only way they were going to get a team it was pretty clear was to t- to do to others what was done to them. What um, would you say then? What I if- would say it's proven to be a pretty strong football market since the Ravens so. came back. I suppose since they so. have a real owner. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but right. I mean. You, the Ursay family of today is not the Ursay family that Baltimore, people in Baltimore were dealing with. I mean, thank goodness they've got stable ownership now. But, I mean, you know, Rob, Robert Ursay w- was not a stable human being at the time he was dealing with, with <laughs> Mayor Schaefer and, uh, in Baltimore and, and kind of just shopping the team covertly around and then flying back to BWI, speaking pretty much incoherently on television, making just a s- statement of what appeared to be drunken non-sequiturs, which I, I believe exactly what they were. Like us at Canton at the Rossmore a couple of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> hey. yeah. Can we do a reset? Can we at one point, and now it, I think it seems inevitable, Los Angeles is going to have a franchise at some point. I believe they Maybe. will have two. It'll be that two. is the that is the word that I'm hearing. If it yes, happens uh, downtown, if it's city of industry, that's a different deal. But if this Wasserman thing, you know, AEG happens by the convention center, I, you're no not the my first, mind. They will get to. You're not the first well placed uh, source that has said that. I to would me. not it's be very interesting. Yeah, can we, but can we do a reset? Like whatever one of the teams coming to Los Angeles now. My hope is that they would just do the right thing and be like, St. Louis Rams, you're coming back to California, the Rams. But let's say it was some other team. Let's say, and I don't want to speculate. So I'll tell you a team that I know is not moving. Let's say it was the Seahawks who moved down, and this is a hypothetical because they're not doing it, and I don't want to upset any fan bases because I know you know what it's like. I know what it's like to lose a team, and yeah, it sucks. It sucks. But when there's a team in LA, wherever they come from, let's just reset everybody. Okay, Los Angeles, you're the Rams. Baltimore, you're the Colts. St. Louis, if there's still a team in St. Louis, you can be the Cardinals. So how does that work with media guides? I mean, that's just, what what do you do? The team records and all that. 
Just continuity. Let's do it. No, no, no. Continuity. Nobody cares anymore. All the players move around. Everybody plays for the agent. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. We ruined all of it. So you're we telling me the Ravens agency. would then wear Colts uniforms and Colts helmets? Oh, that'd be great. Wow, Baltimore no, I mean, Ravens. I mean, it'd be great, but good luck. I mean. Ravens is a great team name. Of all the things I dislike about the Ravens, their their team name is pretty cool. All right, luck and four. I, I got to get to some stuff real quick with you here because necktie Milner goes and gets us a guest, and then we have three minutes with you. So I want to— Come back later. Oh, I'm well, around. Let, well, let, listen, let's get through this. I, we have much to discuss because you are a Baltimore guy. I'm a Pittsburgh guy, so there's a, a, Pretty a little bit Pretty much the same a, person. Yeah. A, a natural rivalry as well. Right, though. But we also just, the cities are so—I mean, the reason there's a natural rivalry is because the cities both have the same complexes and true and sort of self-worth issues and all those things. Did and you enjoy the—I'm uh, I, I, against interleague play in I think baseball. it's retarded. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, listen, it. I'm cool with it. I, if, if you want to do it— once a see and once a year, if you want to create those regional rivalries, if the tribe in Pittsburgh want to play the Yankees and Mets and uh, you know A's and Giants and so on, but that's these, what the weekend before the regular season starts is for. Play, yeah. play those little games, then those exhibitions I'm coming up from training camp, or from spring training, and then. Let's let's play. But, I mean, especially when we get into these strained matchups, who in the world needed to see the Halos and the and the Marlins play one another? Oh, That's ridiculous. It was a huge captivating. Rivalry. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I do like to see that certain rivalries are being renewed. Penn State and Pitt, one of the great rivalries in college football for about a decade at least, and a, a long-standing rivalry, is going to be renewed against the wishes of uh, curmudgeon Joe Paterno. <laughs> so here's my question to you, looking for you got juice in the league. You got Commissioner Goodell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who you have me confused with, but okay, I'll roll. I want to ask you this: if, if correct me if I'm wrong, if any, if the commissioner had to have an appendectomy and they put him under the anesthesia, are you? Do you take control of the league for those couple of I hours? So. I, I, I do. I do. You do. Yes. All right. It's, I, it's, a, it's written in very small print at the bottom of a bylaw somewhere, but yeah, I'd it's like the lock for a clause. I'd like to see this happen. What about if we took a page from college football and even this inter, cockamamie interleague stuff, which I think we agree doesn't really work in baseball? What if we had a week? rivalry week where you got the interconference uh natural rivals to play one another what if you had the giants and jets annually they were on the schedule eagles and steelers niners and raiders and so on there are a couple that well, don't really work but i mean texans cowboys the majority of them you could I've played this game on a cocktail napkin before and <laughs> yeah if you did an 18 game schedule you could probably find a way to finagle that in to me personally that's not enough to entice me to think that that 18 games really is no, probably indeed. where we need to be. But within certain frameworks, you could figure that week out. Well, listen, if you can have the Patriots and Colts play annually and somehow figure out how to how to uh, contrive some sort of an argument that that makes sense to do it, then uh, then we could certainly do this. You listen to Dave Up oh, a warning signal for Milner. We're officially going into our first ever. Side A and Side B. We have too much noise to make this week, so we're putting the brakes on it right here. Tune in to Side B of the Dave Damashek football program. You can access it, obviously, wherever you just accessed. Side A will continue with more hooey and applesauce. Click on over there, would you? NFL.com. It's all full of, uh, of uh, like I say, luck and fours, nifty column about where all these QBs that are being speculated where they might wind up come uh, the 2011 season, which I believe more and more each day is going to happen, and it's going to happen on time. Mm-hmm. Um, so look for that. Ranks pick six. 
Great stuff there. Um, oh, and I, ah, we have so much to get to. Next week, we are going to address the Stephanie um, Turner. <laughs> she has a website. This is Norv's daughter. Norv's daughter. And she attacked one Adam Rank. Yes. We got to get to that. There she. Got to get to that. Well, so we, so look for his picks. If, and shame report. Don't forget oh, yeah. the shame report with a special surprise guest. Who got what he had coming to him. I don't, I don't mind saying it. I'd stand by what I said, and I, I would do it again. But so look for that. And, uh, and Oh, and Sunday night, our reaction to the top 100 list. This is 11 to 20. Yeah. And there are I some rumors floating around no, I out there. I think this will be ho-hum. I don't think there's going to be. People have tweeted me that something happened, that somehow information got out. What? And, and if the rumor is true, that I, I'm not going to say anything. There's a rumor going around that maybe... Who's spilling this? I, random people are tweeting me. And if this is true, then be prepared to hear some outrage out of me and Rank on the, the Sunday night special Dave Damashek football program. And uh, as always, we appreciate you tuning in and tracking that down on iTunes. Hey, Necktie Milner, kudos to you, sir. You, you actually landed a guest. You avoided the hand solo edition blaster. Good for you. Appreciate that. It was... Uh... Scary hearing how much pain Rank was in when you blast him all the time. So. Great get, by the way. Walking that was good. He's a delight. I don't know who could uh, ever trump him. Maybe that'll be our last guest for uh, for the calendar year because I, I don't know who could be better than him. I want him back on the telephone, Milner, sooner rather than I'll later. Do that. I'll do that. All right, excellent. All right, so um, do we have a poll question that we want to get to? Ramones or Clash? Ah, Ramones or Clash. Hmm. What about what if we do our Rams jerseys? Frank Corral. I thought this was the Dave Damashek football program. It'd be great to get a football poll. Oh, necktie, oh, lighten up. <laughs> hey, it's just... 280. Hey, uh, this is two eighty Park. We got to get more football on that Dave Dam. We got we we paid Jason Locken for all this money, and he's sitting there talking about the clash. Hey, uh, necktie. Do that. Let's we'll, we'll, we'll uh, let's do some Rams. Rams jerseys. Do Rams jerseys. Lawrence Phillips, Frank Corral. No, don't give him that choice. Why not? No, Phillips. That's right. for St. It'll Louis. Be Bradford, no. Jackson, Nolan Cromwell. Nolan Cromwell needs to be on there. Yeah, we'll he's do. their court, he's their receivers coach now. Kurt Warner. Yeah, Dre that's a good Bly. One. <laughs> uh, Go get us another guest, real quick. Tory Holt. Look for us on Sunday night. We'll be back for more Huey and Applesauce then. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 